She doesn't care. Uh, she's not even responding to you. No. She hasn't said it. We're talking about, she's yeah, not, we're talking she, about Sarah. Pipe down in there. We're talking about Sarah Sullivan, who's been with us, she claims, for about 20 years. And, I don't remember uh, any of it. I, I don't remember. I have seen her in years. Yeah, I know. She just all of a sudden popped up behind and this she's little window. she's giving us, hey, you gotta do the podcast intro. Shut up. Shut up, stranger. Uh, let's talk about what we did, because we <laughs> chose to talk about the podcast. Um, we did the podcast today. We talked a lot about the border um, and uh, and had some disturbing reports. Todd Bensman was on with us, uh, and he's down at the border and tell you exactly what's going on. Also, we had Elijah and Sydney on from You Are Here. It's a new Blaze program. Sort of. I don't know if it's a new, new Blaze program, because it... it basically got banned after four shows <laughs> not from the blaze not from the blaze no from YouTube, youtube of course yeah big tech is taking it down they have cleared this but they go into the details of it and it's it's frightening not just for people with giant followings like they have but for people, oh the silencing everybody. the silencing of these guys is astounding and you don't want to miss that and so much more news of the day all on today's podcast done sarah From Pat Gray Unleashed. Now, uh, Pat, I just mm-hmm. thought I'd give you some breaking news. Uh, All right. uh, Haiti is very upset with us now. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, they're saying that uh, hmm. it was inhumane to just put people on a plane and ship them over. Wow. I kind of agree with them, mm-hmm. actually, because these people were not from <laughs> Haiti. They had gone. Many of them. Many of them uh, had uh, gone away from Haiti, and now they're going to a place that they really don't know. That uh, well, they were already going to a place they don't know. We should yeah, be that, clear. That's true. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have. It's hard to have all that much sympathy for someone who is trying to come here to break our laws and get into our country. It and winds is. up back except, in their home country. Except yeah. our own nation is inviting them. Yes, I, uh, I there, mean, it's it's more complicated. Yeah, it's than, more complicated than, than, that, than I that. that. I just I just wanted to point out another country is mad at us. <laughs> Wait, no, no. Actually, we've uh, we're back. America's back. Oh uh, really? Yeah. Uh, okay. we're, we're back. People okay. love us again. Mm-hmm. Is the that respect why we, we demand is yeah. now here after Donald Trump ruined it? You sure he didn't huh. say uh, America is turning its back? No, uh, I don't think so. America is back, and that's why you can keep continuing to kick us in the ass. Is that because <laughs> that's our face? Back, that's our back. A kick me sign on yeah. the back of us. Uh, oh. It's yeah. uh, it's not good. So. Uh, yesterday there was a, a White House squabble with um, Boris Johnson. You know, they took the mm-hmm. questions mm-hmm. and uh, Boris said, yeah, BBC. Yeah. And he takes a question. Like any any leader would do in this Correct. situation. Happens Except, all the time. No, I, I've never seen it. Has it ever happened? I don't think so. Questions from the media? No, questions from another. Uh, he taking charge of it and then asking for the questions. Has that ever happened before? Where he uh, takes I, over for the American president and just starts oh, inviting questions. Well, usually what happens is they both get questions, yes, right? Yes, yes. Like, but it's usually the president who would say, yeah, let's open it. But he's so out of it that I think Boris I don't think he is. control. I don't think he is that out of it. I, You know, <sighs> yeah, I am comfortable saying he is out of it. I am <laughs> comfortable saying that. Yeah. But he, I don't know. I go I back and know. forth I'm, a little bit on this. Yeah, yeah, I'm not convinced that he's not... Very lucid when they 
you know, jack him up with drugs or oh, at whatever. Po- at some points of the day, yes. But if you go later in the day, that, oh, which yeah. is why he doesn't, uh, then he's, you know, the medication is worn off. He's yeah. getting a little tired mm-hmm. and then the dementia creeps back in. Yeah. I mean, he's, there's definitely moments where he's having major problems with this stuff. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm reading Peril, this Bob Woodward, Robert Costa book that's out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the one that, that talked about Mark Milley uh, mm-hmm. c- calling over to China. That's kind of what, that's how the book starts. Uh, that whole exchange but i if you were to say that what is the one defining characteristic that this book is trying to come to to push across like what what is it trying to communicate to you obviously there's stuff about trump in there and how bad he is uh because that's a large focus of it but if there's one thing they're trying to push down your throat in this book i would say is that joe biden is totally engaged in all of this oh you gotta be kidding that, me. i mean that is every single one of these scenarios <sighs> they go on and on and on and on about how engaged he is how how many questions he asked how much he wanted to know every little detail his staff was so annoyed with him because he kept asking for all of the little minuscule details bs i, I mean that's bs i don't believe it I, so I that's bob woodward who you know i don't have a problem saying you know doesn't necessarily tell the truth and oh, all sure. of his reporting. Right. Right. Um, could however, just be fake. Right. Mm-hmm. It could just be what they're trying to get across. Now, what's it interesting is. that about makes this- him just a tool, though. That makes that whole book simply a tool, and Bob Woodward a tool. Yeah, and yeah, I, I don't think I'm the first that. one that said that Bob Woodward's a tool. But <laughs> Woodward though <laughs> takes real sources mm-hmm. and basically believes what they tell him. So. In no this, matter what. Yeah, and mostly, and mo- mostly no matter what. So, like, he'll get five aides from the Biden administration, right, that tell him he, Joe Biden is super engaged and here's all these stories. What I found interesting about it, though, was the book was written, for example, before Afghanistan turns into a catastrophe, right? Yeah. Before co- the fourth wave of COVID, right? At this point, they're thinking, oh, he solved these problems. Oh, he's going to get us out of Afghanistan. And it's a way of having showing Biden as super engaged to take credit for all the wonderful things he's about to accomplish. Yeah. Well, we now know all those things fell apart. Well, his aides are liars. Uh, and you know they are. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true, though. So, I, that's a legitimate And, and be, you look point. at the Boris Johnson, uh, Joe Biden meeting the other day. As soon as Johnson takes a breath, his people are ushering the press out of there because they don't want Biden to be subjected to any kind of questioning. They know he can't do it. He's incapable of handling it. And so as soon as they can jump in, in mid-sentence from Boris Johnson, they rush everybody out of so nobody has a chance Play to ask Play that audio. Anything. Here's so the weird. Uh, it is. Here's the uh, audio. Okay, we're all done. And Biden just looks at it like yeah. he's confused. Yeah. I mean, it's he really one thing does. to like, okay, the press conference is over. You stand up, you shake Boris's hand, you say something into his ear, yep. you act like you're on your phone. I don't know, anything other than just sitting there staring. But they know they must prevent disaster. And so that's how yeah. they handle it. They're, uh, they're shutting off his, sometimes in the middle of his, his at the, well, it's not in the middle, but at the end of his press conferences, when he starts to go off of script, they will just turn off the feed. Yeah, and, and it's They've done that multiple times. And to go back to this book for a quick second, they they do show him as hyper engaged in the policy details, the behind the scenes negotiations, all of that. However, they also the book r- confirms something that we said 
throughout the entire campaign, which was they, yes, they literally did build a wall around him so that he would not have moments with the press. He would not have questions that were that would surprise him. They said they built a, a wall around him to avoid longer interviews because they knew eventually he would say something that got into the press and screwed something up. Mm-hmm. And they basically confirmed that, yes, he was hiding and using COVID to hide in his basement, in his basement, so that none of this stuff would happen. My God! And just let Donald Trump, wow, be the focus of the campaign. Let him say his stuff. Let him tweet his stuff. Let him mm-hmm. do everything. Don't mm-hmm. make news. And that was the look. And I, we said at the time, I think that's a smart way for Joe Biden to run a mm-hmm. campaign because he's obviously terrible. And mm-hmm. anytime anyone thinks about him, they can't vote for him. So yep. the only hope was make this all about Donald Trump 24 hours a day that's and act did. as if you're not even running for president. And that's what they did. So I think the next shoe to fall. And I don't I don't know. Uh, I mean, he could screw anything up. We could be in nuclear war tomorrow um, with France. Uh, the the uh, the next shoe to fall, I think, is the economy. If you look at what's happening yesterday, the Fed announced. Now, the Fed came out. The Fed chair came out, what, six months ago and said, we're not even going to think of interest rates until 2022, 2023. OK, that's a long way off. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, they said they were going to end tapering, which is, you know, end the free money giveaway. They're going to end tapering. The uh, nightly thing that they give away to the 12 to, banks? No, no not that. They're not going to end that. Not you don't end want to end that. No, this is the 50 buy. billion a night to yeah. 12 banks. I know. I know. Trillion dollars Still. a month. Still. They are, uh, they are they're, they're, uh, going to taper off on, on their buying of stocks and bonds Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. to keep the thing going. The last time they did that, the stock market went down dramatically and everything took a bath. Okay, so that's a bad sign. Uh, mm-hmm. Then, th- at the same time, they said we're going to end. We're going to end this. We're also going to raise interest rates next year. Wow! So they're going mm-hmm. a year early, and they they've already made the statement where it's not even on the table. Now suddenly it's on the table, and they're going to do it next year it, the, the well, economy is inf- inflation is through the 5.3 percent that they're admitting to it's probably more worse than that oh, and it will be worse, worse than, than that. that by the end of the year i and, mean we're we're fortunate that it's not 40 percent right now <laughs> and you know there, that are. could be yeah in the future i mean and i think probably this was the first show that anyone in the audience unless you're super into finance heard about this chinese company uh, that is going uh, under yeah. it seems Evergrande, is it? Yeah. Um, and they uh, are now not paying employees. Like, this thing seems like it's, you know, it is, it's going out of control. And it's, it's they the Lehman Brothers of China. Have hundreds of billions of dollars in debt. And it looks like they're not going to be able to make payments on it. Right. And just that sort of force wow. with, it, with, a, with an economy that's tied in like it is now, it's going to affect. Can't they yes, build China, an empty city? Uh, that's they are the ones who are building yeah, them. That's the reason. <laughs> I just why. build a new yeah, one. Yeah. No, yeah. Build a new giant city yeah, that no one will live in. One. Yeah, there's yeah. always a solution. So if they go down, we have almost 90 ships off the uh, coast of California trying to get into the Los Angeles port. 90 cargo ships for yeah. for Los Angeles to get backed up. They they used to say one cargo ship is a really bad thing. One cargo ship waiting. Okay, they want to move these things in and move them out. They can't get people to truck it. They can't get people to move it. 
I mean, no employees, no employees. We have 90 cargo ships. So if you're waiting for something, has anybody else noticed you're waiting all the time? Somebody came to the house because, you know, I'm two weeks away from finishing construction at my house. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so finally, it's going to there's yeah, light, at the, there's end light of the at the end of the tunnel. Okay. So somebody came yesterday <laughs> and they were giving me an estimate on something that will definitely happen in the next two weeks. So we're all done. Right. right. And uh, and I said, mm-hmm. uh, well, when 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 is this? They said, no idea. And I said, what do you mean? No idea. And they said, I know I hate saying that because I seem incompetent, but I'm telling you <laughs> the the uh, suppliers will not even give mm. us an estimate on when it will come in. My gosh. And I said, have you have you ever lived in a time in America where this has happened? And she's like, no, never, never. No, I started thinking today about if you're going to do Christmas shopping, I want to get that done early this year. Yeah. You know, they're, they're going to be shortages. They're going to be shortages of all these things, right? Mm-hmm. When we get, when, if you're trying to buy toys for kids and stuff, it's already difficult if they're, if it's a hot toy, yeah. this might be, I'm, I'm a total procrastinator when it comes to Christmas shopping, but this is the year I think I might pull the trigger. Early. I'm having a really hard time finding a Teddy Ruxpin. I really, really? Yeah, I can't really? find them anywhere. Yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, I have and I've been shopping early for it. Oh, you I know, have 12. Yeah. For yeah. my adult children. I need a <laughs> Teddy Ruxpin. Uh. Don't your adult children run your cookie company? <laughs> they actually right? like, do. And yes. you're buying them Teddy Ruxpins. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. They just they run the company, but they're not that mature. <laughs> well, they are making it's a cookie. It's a cookie company. I think this cookie should be four pounds. That's the sort of decision making you're getting over and there. And those are good decisions. <laughs> Very good decisions. Uh, we're getting that time of year when people are thinking about football and tailgating parties. Maybe you've got the game on the big screen. Friends and family are gathering around to cheer for their team and have a good time. All right. What's missing? Forget about the friends and the football. Food. Food. You don't have anything unless you have food and food right off a rec tech. Because while the game is going down, you've got thick, juicy burgers, hot dogs just minutes away from being ready. And every guest is going to end the game with a smile on their face. Even if their team loses. Sorry, Stu. Eagles suck. Rectech. It is the perfect blend of beautiful design and technological prowess in the grilling game. It has smart grill technology, so it tracks its own cooking and keeps the heat even throughout while you're monitoring from an app or a phone or your device. Rectech does all the work for you. Find out and A-B compare the best. Rectech. R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. Rectech dot com. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And don't forget, rate us on iTunes. The author of America's Covert Border War, senior national security fellow, the Center for Immigration Studies. His name is Todd Benzman. Welcome back to the program, Todd. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. A little bit tired, uh, but uh, doing well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, So you have been on the border. Tell us what the media is not showing us there are a few things one is that the camp is almost empty. well it's it's about uh, a quarter of what it was or about four thousand left in it uh it's gonna it's gonna be close up here probably in the next uh week or so uh but the other thing is that most of the haitians that are coming are not fleeing earthquakes in Haiti and they're not fleeing presidential assassination or even grinding pop 
poverty. They are have been living in Chile and Brazil for many years, the ones that are coming in prosperity, relative uh, prosperity, and with resident cards and with permission to work in those countries. And they saw the Biden uh, opening, the Biden administration opening the border back in January, February, and they started to come en masse. And that is really uh, what is behind this, that these people are not asylum seekers like a lot of Democrats are saying, lawmakers on the, on the progressive left talking about, you know, we have to bring in these uh, poor people who are in dire straits. They are not in dire straits at all. And I think people need to understand that when they apply for asylum, uh, they will be lying and committing mass asylum fraud because they're going to skip over the fact that they were living safely and securely in these other countries. And that is why I'm finding ID identification cards all over the Mexican bank. The I see these these <laughs> cards you took a picture of yesterday. They're all IDs. They all seem to be from Chile. Uh, a few passports from Brazil. They just discard them. Um, why? Why all of a sudden in Chile? I mean, Chile's a good country. It's a nice place to live. Why all of a sudden is everybody trying to abandon Chile to come to the Haitians to come to America? Well, I'll put it this way: uh, I was in Costa Rica reporting on the interna the international nature and makeup of the new migration that's coming to the border from a hundred different countries, including the Arab Middle East and countries of terrorism concern all over the world coming right through that area. And I interviewed a Haitian who I asked him that question. I said, you know, what's, what's the difference between uh, Haiti and Chile? And he says, well, life is a thousand times better here in, in Chile. I said, well, why would you leave a life that's a thousand times better in Chile? And he says, because life in America is a million times better. I mean, in Haiti, it is a million times better than in Chile. So uh, it's an upgrade. They're just simply going from good to what they think will be better. And, and that is a far cry from an asylum claim of government persecution. And it's a really far cry from what progressive lawmakers and immigration advocates are claiming is desperate poverty and dire straits. None of these people were in desperate poverty. They were making a living. They may not have been rich, but they were working class and middle class. And some of them did really quite well. You can see it. They're flying around the country on air tickets. Oh. Um, did they organize this on their own? Why? It seems weird that all of a sudden all these Haitians show up at the same place at the same time. Okay, I can explain that. I spent a lot of time with Haitians really drilling down into their stories, their very recent stories. Uh, here's, I'm going to try to give you the quick version because I know you're, you've got uh, only so much time, but the Biden administration asked the Mexican government some time ago to station its National Guard on the southern border with Guatemala to slow and to slow roll the number of immigrants coming from Mexico, from Guatemala through Mexico to the U.S. border. And the Mexicans did that with a kind of uh, bureaucratic um, 
molasses, mm-hmm. uh, re- requiring uh, these Haitians to apply for temporary permission slips to be in Mexico and asylum and different kinds of things. And, and they weren't getting an answer for months on end. They're just stuck down in Tapachula on the border there until thousands of them built up. And what they told me is that on September 12th, while they were all waiting three, four, five, six months, and they were getting uh, very antsy and causing disruptions in the area, they were told that the Mexican government said that the Mexican government just said, forget it. You can all go now for the Mexican independence holiday of the week of 12 of September 16. You can go without papers. Just forget your claims here. Go. And so Why? this particular, this particular, because they needed to clear them out. Okay. Uh, they needed, they were backlogged in Mexico. Mexico did not want them. They passed that problem to the Americans in violation of whatever diplomatic agreement they had, by the way, with the Biden administration. So these particular Haitians, this particular group of 15,000, and there's supposedly more on the way, Mm. were just simply released. They all had the same story independently about El Grito, which is the Mexican holiday of that week. And I'm thinking the Mexican government probably intended to provide that holiday gift to their own people <laughs> because, mm. uh, you know, yeah. So yeah. that's that's the short-term story. The bigger picture is they were all headed to the U.S.-Biden border anyway because they knew it was open. And they're still coming in large numbers in other parts of Texas outside of the media lens uh uh range so i've i've read about two buses that have been hijacked as they are being taken someplace is that true and is there more than two and what's happening there okay i can explain that uh the biden administration did something very uh weird for the biden administration and it shows how desperate they were to make this political blot go away fast. They took a card, uh, they took a play from the Trump playbook and started doing repatriation flights of these migrants from Texas all the way to Port-au-Prince. Now remember, these people have been living for years away from Haiti in these other countries. And so to have to go to be deported to Port-au-Prince was especially acutely painful for them. Uh, I talked to a lot of immigrants yesterday and the day before in Mexico because they were fleeing the camp in terror of having of the possibility that they might get deported. And what the Haitian friends who have been deported were telling them is stay away from the buses, don't get on the buses, don't get on the buses. Those buses are going to the airport and you're going to end up where we ended up. And right about that time is when the violence started on the buses. So my, uh, my speculation, my informed speculation is that these seizures of buses and the violence on the buses, uh, and there are other cases of violence uh, against ICE officers. They are attacking ICE officers every day now because they do not want to be repatriated to Haiti. But having said that, repatriation to home countries like this is incredibly effective 
more than oh, anything yeah. else, that is probably what has shut down this camp. It stopped anybody new coming in. And all of the Haitians that I talked to, at least a thousand that I saw on the Acuna side of the river, the city of Acuna, uh, were uh, fleeing this idea that they could be deported. And I also spent time in the bus station in Acuna filled with Haitians buying bus tickets back to Tapachula, Mexico, back to where they came from. Uh, That is happening uh, Glenn. So, uh, but the question is whether the Biden administration will hang on to that policy and keep using it because it would shut this crisis down if he applied it to all nationalities across all of the border. But he's under huge pressure from his left. They are killing him. They are clubbing him for for using that policy. So tell me about the um, uh, the number of of people that have come in uh, illegally uh, from other countries other than Mexico and south of the border, uh, terrorist states. Right. Every year there are uh, thousands of people coming from 35 to 40 countries of mass, what we would regard the intelligence community as uh, national security concern. That's going to be Afghanistan. They are coming from Afghanistan in small numbers. I expect greater numbers in the coming months from Afghanistan, Pakistan, uh, Bangladesh, Syria, Iraq, Iran, all of those countries have people coming through the same route that the Haitians are coming. I met uh, just the other day in Mexico an Angolan who flew into Brazil from uh, there's a like a visa waiver between Brazil and Angola. And he came in and he was telling me about all these other African countries, Cameroon, Sierra Leone, Liberia, Senegal, Mauritania. And I've met immigrants from all of those places on their way here. Uh, Lots of Yemenis. Uh, Intelligence community sources tell me that the Yemeni problem is so grave because uh, quite a few of them are on the U.S. terror watch list that have been caught at the border. That there is a special unit that has been formed in ICE, Homeland Security Investigations, just to deal with the terrorist concern in the Yemeni population coming over that border. That is a true thing. Uh, they caught to in California this year, earlier this year, who were on the FBI's terror watch list. One of them was on the no-fly list in Calexico, California. CBP put a press release out about that. It was taken down within 24 hours by the Biden administration saying, what? You can't talk about this right now when we've got all these um, all this crisis collapsing our border management systems. Jeez. Um, Ronnie, have you talked to any of the um, the the Border Patrol agents themselves? What is their morale like? Uh, it is just it's been it's been in the toilet for months and months. Uh, keep in mind that this migrant camp that has attracted all of this attention is only 15,000. And I say only 
because you have to keep that in context with the fact that more than 50,000 a week are crossing that border, 50,000, 200,000 a month, every month for four months straight over 200,000 and uh, close to 200,000 for many more months, 1.5 million so far. And so it's a little bit, um, you know, hard to believe that the media is concentrating on these 15,000 when, you know, that's a, just a typical morning in Texas. Jeez. Todd, yeah. th- thank you so much. I'm sorry to call you uh, Rodney. I was thinking about the uh, former chief that has come out, um, um, that uh, yeah. has just come out and released something. Uh, I think it was yesterday. It was sent into Washington, uh, a report, and it is terrifying. It is terrifying. I read that. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, he's finally free to speak, and I think everybody should listen to him yeah. and read what he's saying. And by the way, uh, you know, he, even before this, released a video to the troops as he was leaving, farewell kind of thing, and he said he has never seen more terrorists crossing the border than he did in his final months. Uh, and if you want to know more about that, uh, you know, the, the way that works and how they come through and what we do as a country about it, Pick up my book, America's Covert Border War. It's all revealed in there, what we do uh, as a nation programmatically. And the fact that we are having this horrendous border crisis is really threatening those counterterrorism programs that we have down there. Unbelievable. Todd Benzman, thank you so much. Author of America's Covert Border War. He is on the border now. Thank you so much. We'll check in with you again. I appreciate it. The best of the Glenn Beck program. So last night on the uh, TV show, I did a, uh, a three chalkboard show, uh, and it was first describing what America is going to be like um, when this all comes down, and it's coming down faster than you think, and you already are feeling it. You remember when they said, just going to have to get used to the new normal? And we were like, I don't want the new normal. What are you talking about, new normal? I don't want the new normal. I want normal. But they have promised us normal with the president, right? Donald Trump, throw him out and things will go back to normal. Is this normal? Is this the way our president is supposed to behave? Are these decisions that he's making normal? No, of course, no, it's not. So then why are we listening to them when they tell us they're going to bring normalcy back? They're not going to bring normalcy back. They're bringing something very, very different. They are recreating and transforming America into something that you will not recognize at all, even from today. And it's going to start happening uh, faster and faster and I, I laid out a chalkboard last night that, that shows that we're headed for massive shortages. And you need to prepare for this. Massive shortages in energy, in food, in the things that you already are feeling. You're going to a, you're going to a store and you want to just pick something up and they're saying, we're all out of that. We don't have that. It'll be, I don't know, maybe a couple of months before we get that in. 
Are you kidding me? This is preparing you for a much lower standard of living. And I don't know how low it could go. It could go to Venezuela. And don't laugh that off. We have been on this course now for almost 20 years. I'm telling you that we could be Venezuela in the next five to ten. That is not unreasonable. I think we could be Venezuela, quite honestly, in the next four. So prepare yourself for a much lower living standard. Prepare yourself for shortages of energy, beef, fruits and vegetables. Prepare yourself for blackouts and brownouts. Prepare yourself for your savings devalued by about, hmm, let's say, 40%. I'm being kind. Zero privacy on your money. Zero privacy. Your banks will become a big brother. You're going to have to get used to collective rules. This is good for the collective, but it, it's horrible for me and my community. Doesn't matter. Prepare for that. Prepare for schools to be only teaching your kids to be activists or to work for a giant corporation. Those are the things that you have to prepare for. And by 2030, prepare for no ownership and no one to blame. No one to vote out. Have you noticed? Let's start there. Nobody takes blame for anything anymore. On Afghanistan, who's really responsible? I mean, Joe Biden says the buck stops with him, but does it? Is there any ramification? The buck stops with me means I'm responsible. I'm not only going to take the blame, but I will take the repercussions of that. There's there's only one repercussion for Joe Biden right now, and that is his poll numbers are abysmal. He is now more less popular than Kamala Harris. Do you remember just a couple of months ago they were talking about how dramatically low her rate is and how nobody. Nobody could expect her to do anything in her career if she doesn't get her approval rating up. And they had big meetings in Washington. How are we going to get her approval ratings up? He's now less popular than she is. But is that affecting anything really? Do you hear anybody calling for him to be held accountable for the border? For Afghanistan? For inflation that is going through the roof? For the fact that we can't seem to go places that we've always gone to and do things that we've always done because nobody will work there anymore because it's it's better for so many americans just to stay at home rather than go back to work is this normal well it is the beginning of the new normal there were five things that made america truly remarkable and they all worked together, especially in the 20th century. We had cheap and abundant energy. 
You go anywhere else in the world and energy is very expensive. Here we have more natural gas than anybody else. With the new oil reserves that have just recently been discovered and through fracking and everything else, we have more oil here than they did in Saudi Arabia. We have energy like nobody's business. We also have rare earth minerals. These are really important. Computer chips. You know the shortage we have? Computer chips, solar panels, all of those things need rare earth metals and rare earth minerals, and we have them. But because of environmental reasons, we're letting China mine all of theirs. And we're not mining for ours. It's off limits. We're no longer going to be looking for oil. Those, that's a thing of the past. We, we decided we're not going to have the XL pipeline. We're going after our big oil companies. We just had a, we just had a, a new board member or two added to, what was it, Exxon's board? where they decided they're going to be a clean energy group, that they're going to be environmentally friendly, which is wonderful and everything, but you're an oil company. The price of gasoline has gone up 72 cents. I'm sorry, 72% since January. 72%. It's gone up a dollar. Energy is being slaughtered by this administration. And believe me, they will not care if gasoline is $8 a gallon. They will not care because it will force you into a new green car. I've talked about this before. I don't think people understand. Do your homework. The gasoline engine is over. This year is the last year for models to have pure gas engines. It's all going electric. By 2030, that's out. So what are you going to replace it with? We can't build any no, new nuclear power plants. We can't have any new coal plants. We're really left with solar and wind. Who controls all of that? As I laid out in my program last night, that's China. China. So you don't have cheap, abundant energy. In fact, you're going to have rolling blackouts. Mark my words. Massive, massive problems with energy. Let me hit just a couple. Of, let me hit a couple of things that you should do on energy right now. If you are building a house or remodeling a house, double up on the insulation. Do everything you can. Get your, get your houses, you know weather strip do all of that now before there's a rush on all of that stuff and the price goes up because believe me when i tell you you are going to be you are going to be paying extra if you don't do those things they're going to make home ownership extraordinarily difficult and it's all going to be based on going green so make your house as efficient as you can right now when it comes to energy you better have some sort of a generator now you can go out and get a generator a diesel generator 
But diesel, remember, is going to get harder and harder to come by. The only other option that I know of is natural gas. That's going to be harder to come by, but it's cleaner than diesel or gas. And, you know, maybe you already have natural gas, but find a generator. And if you can afford one, one that will run your house. Because you're going to, in the future, have rolling blackouts. When it comes to your business, because the next thing that was on my chart was cheap, abundant energy. That was number one. There are five. Number two is the American workforce. Number three was abundant land and farming. Number four is a strong dollar. Number five is a stable government. That's what made America great. Those five things. But we don't have any of those five things anymore. Cheap and abundant energy is going away. Look at the American workforce today. You're killing your entrepreneurs. You're calling anybody that is paying taxes now a thief. Remember, 61% of the people that paid, uh, sorry, 61% of the American public did not pay any federal income tax in 2020. Or is it 2021? 2020. 2020. Mm-hmm. So no federal tax. 61%. Now, I would say, well, that's because of COVID and everything else. But are they doing things to get people back to work to pay taxes? The answer is no. And what are they doing? The, f- the 39% that did pay tax, those are entrepreneurs to the billionaires. Those people, they're under attack. Their businesses are under attack, unless you're a big Home Depot-style business. If you're a local entrepreneur, you have been under attack by this government. You, to the point to where you can't even find workers now to help you. So the workforce is being slowly destroyed. Here's what you need to do. If you have a business, you need to begin local groups. They did this in California, and that was the only reason why they could push back on some of these COVID rules is because they got into groups and they invited attorneys to be part of the group. And it was just a local. It was I don't remember. It was named after one of the streets we had. We had them on once talking about it, but it's it was just a local group of people who are all businesses on one street and they all started to push back and they got an attorney and they made headway. They kept their businesses alive. You need to stand together right now. You need to start to gather as a local group right now. The American workforce, you just got to go to work. You have to go to work. The more you depend on the government, the more they will have control over you. Get yourself untangled from the government as much as you can. I told you years ago, spit yourself out of the system. It's pretty difficult to do, but very obvious on where you are in the system. Na, 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 na.